It's time for the Smart Money Questions Podcast with Matt Hausman. This is the show that provides you with a sound financial education and helps you avoid financial pitfalls. Make sure you are asking the right questions by listening to the Smart Money Questions Podcast. Hello, everyone. How are you doing? As I told Maggie this morning as we got up in here, Metro Philadelphia, to a brisk 49 degrees, summer is past, fall is here, the change of season is happening, seasons is happening, because uh, just last week we were in the mid, uh, you know, high 80s, and I think today the high is going to be 70, and I don't think we're going to see 80 anytime soon. So, you know, what are the things that happens with the change of seasons and everything that's been going on this year, and then... A lot of times when we look at the fall, at least for myself, I'm looking forward to college football and pro football, but specifically as it relates to school and the colleges, I saw this quote the other day, and it absolutely cracked me up. Here's the quote. Economists report that a college education adds many thousands of dollars to a person's lifetime income, which they will then end up spending to send their kids to college. (laughs) You know, as we come into this fall semester, who knows what that is going to look like in the future. Hopefully, with the advances in technologies and what we've had to experience over the course of the last six months, we can look to drive that down. So we're not just earning more money to then send back into college. Uh, It has been a very interesting uh, fall going back with uh, our oldest is in grad school. The youngest actually was going to be a freshman Uh, here locally at a college and decided not to go to school for this, at least this first semester, because it did. It went all virtual online about two weeks before they were supposed to go to school. So she's elected to hold off. Our middle one actually graduated back in December. So she got to experience kind of the normal whole college thing. But, you know, I did think that was interesting. And if we think about everything that we have gone through over the course of the last six months and really the advancing almost at warp speed. I know some of the technologies that we use here at the office, they have, it's just been lightning fast compared to what it was over, let's say the last two years we've been using these different technologies. And all of a sudden within three, four, five months, they have just really expanded their capabilities. So hopefully that's what happens with regards to that. Again, economists report that a college education adds many thousands of dollars to a person's lifetime income, which they will then end up sending or spending to send their kids to college. So anyway, listen, what I wanted to jump into today is I'm still getting a lot of questions and it's almost like it's a moving target with regards to the CARES Act and different aspects with regards to if you're under 59 and a half and accessing your 401k, 403b, 457. If you are post 59 and a half, what happens there? If you are in the position of taking or formally being required to take minimum distributions, what does that look like this year? So I'm going to run down some of the more recent changes to that to hopefully help you understand what that is. And then the other thing I want to talk about today is a lot of times as we're working with clients that are younger and they have 401ks is there's a thinking process because they don't necessarily see it that the 401ks don't have fees in there. And what I'm going to go over today is I just have been working with two clients over the course of the last month, reviewing, analyzing their 401k options, and then coming up with a portfolio that meets what they're wanting to accomplish within the 401k, looking at both the traditional 401k and the Roth, 
with regards to taxation, but specifically talking about the underlying investment options that you have and being aware of this idea, I don't have any fees in my 401k, is really a fallacy. And we're going to go over that today as well. So um, listen, before we do that, let's make sure we jump into the disclosure. Please don't take any of the information or ideas or suggestions that I offer in today's show as direct advice for you. Please use it as information and education that you then can discuss with your advisor. Now, if you don't have an advisor or you would like for us to be your advisor, I'm more than happy to have that conversation with you. And it's real simple. All you have to do is go to www.speakwithmat.com. That's www.speakwithmat.com. And my online scheduler is right there. You can go right in. You can schedule a 15 or 30 minute phone conversation. And quite frankly, at the end of that first call, we're going to have a good idea. Does it make sense to have a second conversation? So again, very low key, go right into the online scheduler. You don't even have to get on the phone with anyone to schedule this. So again, speakwithmat.com, www.speakwithmat.com and schedule it there. So, all right, let's go ahead and get on to today's show. Okay, so let's jump into the CARES Act. So what we want to realize is the CARES Act is constantly changing with regards to how it is being viewed by the IRS, uh, Congress and the Senate making additional changes, and we want to constantly be aware of where they are in the process. And so the first thing I'm going to talk about is if you are under 59 and a half, and you have the ability to do two things. You have the ability to, well, one of them is going to be gone here pretty soon, but we have the ability up until the end of the year to pull out up to $100,000 from our eligible retirement accounts. What is that? That's a 401k, a 403b, a 457, an IRA. And in doing that, if you are a qualified individual, you will not have to pay the 10% tax penalty that is normally due on those withdrawals. You potentially are still going to have to pay the taxes on those withdrawals as ordinary income, and we'll, we'll talk about that in a minute. But the key that I want you to understand is to be a qualified individual, you have to have been diagnosed yourself or a spouse or a dependent with COVID, or you have to have experienced financial consequences due to COVID, which could be Again, maybe your spouse had it and lost work, or they didn't get it, but they lost their job, or their hours were reduced because of where they worked. The business couldn't continue or had to be at a reduced rate. So it's real important to understand, and in speaking with a buddy of mine yesterday that has an accounting office, what he said is they are not getting clear direction as to exactly what is going to be needed to prove that you are this qualified individual to be exempt of the 10% penalty on under 59 and a half withdrawals. So again, if you are looking to do that, we can go all the way up to 100. We are going to have to pay tax on that. And I'm going to go over that in a minute and what that potentially looks like. But it's very important. He was cautioning me to tell my clients, listen, if they really haven't experienced and being able to document a financial consequence or a testing positive COVID, they might not be, you know, the, this, if this law continues to evolve and change and gets more specific or they want more details to that, and you end up not, be, you thought you were a qualified person, but now you're not, and then that 10% tax penalty is due, that's going to be a rude awakening. 
So his advice was, listen, only in the event they can really they really need the money and they can prove that they have been financial they have cre- it's created financial hardship for them to do that. Now the other thing and this is only going to be available based on the posting of this for a couple of days, but you were able to take a loan out of up to 100,000 with loan provisions and repayment terms that were extended and that's going to end on September 22nd of this year. And then this is where you're going to want to speak to your 401k or 403b 457 IRA provider to understand how they are viewing that loan coming out and what the terms of repayment are. I I always highly caution people on taking a loan out of their 401k. I think that's the last place that you should look. But if that's the only place you can look, then you're going to want to definitely speak with, you know, your administrator, your HR or the custodian of who is holding your 401k or qualified plan and make sure that you understand how they're viewing the CARES Act with regards to loan provisions. But so again, one of the biggest things we want to realize is this qualified individual detail as to what's going to be required for you to prove that you were impacted financially or by the virus itself to get out of that 10% tax benefit. I mean, because think about it. If it's hundred grand that you had to take out, that's a $10,000 tax hit plus the tax on the $100,000. And we're going to talk about that right now. So one of the things we want to realize is that you can actually spread the tax out on that hundred thousand, let's make numbers easy. Let's say I took out ninety thousand dollars. You have the election of doing thirty thousand dollars in twenty twenty, thirty thousand dollars in twenty twenty one, and thirty thousand dollars in twenty twenty two. So, in the event, you know, that's a potential way to reduce the taxation on that withdrawal. Again, remember, this money is still going to be treated as ordinary income tax. And you're also going to want to look if you're in a state that taxes that type of money. Now, in Pennsylvania, they don't tax retirement income. So there's not a worry here. But for instance, if you're in Delaware, Maryland, if you're in uh, South or North Carolina, you're going to want to understand how is the state going to treat that as I do it over three years. Now, here's the other thing that you can also look to do is you can look to repay that over that three-year period of time. So for instance, let's say you took it out now you're going to claim $30,000 this year, $30,000 next year, and $30,000 in 2022. But then you're going to repay all $90,000 in the year of 2022 back into the IRA or the 401k or the 403b. More than likely, it's going to be easier to put it back into an IRA instead of having to go back through your custodian. But then that's going to allow you to file amended return for 2020, 2021, in 2022. So it's very similar if you remember back in 2010 when they really eased up on the Roth conversion and they allowed you to, doesn't matter what you make, you can convert as much Roth or IRA into Roth as you wanted to. And they gave you two tax years, 2010 and 2011, to pay the tax on that conversion that actually happened in 2010. So again, if you're going to look to take, if you're under 59 and a half and there is a need to take the money out and please hear me. I'm saying need. Um, My buddy yesterday was very specific about that. We want to make sure that we can show based on the, the COVID situation, either whether it is we actually contacted or someone within us, within our family, dependent, spouse, what have you, actually got the virus, or we were financially impacted in some way that can be documented. 
We're not going to have to pay the 10% penalty. We need it. Now we want to look at what are the options to hopefully reduce the taxation on that money coming out. And uh, you're probably going to want to make sure that you are speaking with your tax professional and getting guidance from them as to what they're advising you to do. And let me tell you something. If they don't know what to do, you go find another tax advisor. Let me tell you. So it's real important to understand exactly how that's going to work. Again, if you're going to, if you're pulling it out as a loan, you're going to want, I would also speak with your tax advisor. You're going to want to speak and have a clear understanding from your uh, custodian, HR, your, your, uh, the person that's administering your 401k as to how they're going to treat that. So again, real important to look at that and understand that. Now, the other thing let's talk about is let's talk about IRA withdrawals, RMDs, and charitable distributions under the CARES Act for if you're over 59 and a half. So first of all, let's talk about IRA withdrawals if you're over 59 and a half up to your minimum distribution age, which is now 72 based on the SECURE Act that happened at the end of last year. Unless you weren't grandfathered in, then you could be as uh, young as 71. We're going to talk about that. But IRA withdrawals are still treated the same way if I'm over 59 and a half. Whatever I take out, I'm going to pay ordinary income tax rate, at least at the Fed level. And then depending on what how your state treats that is you possibly could have to pay state tax. So again, IRAs between 59 and a half and the minimum distribution age requirement, those are going to be all the same. With regards to our minimum distribution requirements, those have been suspended for this year. So if you are in the position, let's say I turn 72 February 1st, then I am required to take a minimum distribution out of the uh, basically the equivalent of all of my IRA type accounts. I am normally required to take a percentage of that out as a distribution and pay tax on it. This year, it's completely suspended and they're not looking to do a catch-up next year. So if you're in that position that you don't need the money, then you don't have to take a minimum distribution. But here's one of the things that I've been speaking to clients about that I really want you to think about, is if you have a lot of money in your IRA, and you're not wanting to take a minimum distribution out this year because you don't want to pay the tax on it, let's think about where we are anticipating taxes going in the future. With regards to all of the stimulus, with the CARES package and the add-ons to it, where are we thinking taxes are going to be in the future? You know, it could make sense if I'm already at that age of minimum distribution to go ahead and take that money out now, maybe even more, because who knows what's going to happen to tax rates beginning next year. You know, so again, I would be speaking with your advisor, your tax advisor, because many times, you know, kicking the can down the curb is not going to help you long term. Maybe there's an opportunity for you to go ahead and take that withdrawal this year, get it out of that tax clarification, also potentially reducing your minimum distribution next year. Remember, our minimum distributions go up every year based on life expectancy, based on our balances. Well, if our balances are down, then that means we have to take less, okay? And again, thinking about where we anticipate taxes to go. Now, the next thing with regards to that, Roth conversions are still able to be done this year. So maybe you don't need the money, but we might as well remove it out of that tax classification and convert it right to a Roth. So let me talk about, because I've had some clients call up and seems like there sometimes is some confusion on what a Roth conversion really is. Essentially what it is, is you have money sitting in a traditional IRA. And what that means is when you take that money out, it's going to be fully taxable to you. 
Also, that money is currently subject to minimum distribution requirements normally, not under the CARES Act of 2020, you get to spend it. But otherwise, every other year, you got to start taking money out. Well, a Roth conversion is I'm going to take money out of that account and I'm going to put it in a Roth conversion account, a Roth IRA conversion. So I have one account that's an IRA. I have another account that's a Roth conversion account. And all I'm going to do is I'm going to move money. Think of it like a journal entry. I'm just going to move it from one side of the pot or one, one pocket to the other pocket. I can even keep the same investments. But what happens is, let's say I'm going to do 50 grand. That $50,000 becomes a taxable event on my tax return. And I'm going to owe tax on it this year. But once it gets over to the Roth, is that now the Roth is not subject to minimum distribution requirements, period. It's not like anything suspended. Those currently do not have any uh, distribution requirements. When it comes out, it's tax-free to you, your spouse if you're married, and your heirs. Now, when your heirs get it, they're now going to fall under the SECURE Act, which essentially means they're going to have to exhaust that account at a minimum of 10 years. But it's still going to come to them tax-free. So Roth conversions can still happen this year, even though RMDs are not required. So that could be something that we really want to look at to see, does it make sense to go ahead and pay the tax today to not pay taxes in the future? So again, speak with your advisor about that. Speak with your tax advisor and get a clear understanding. Do some calculations. Now's the time that you really want to be looking at it to see if it makes sense for you to do that. One of the clients I was just talking about last week, what's happened with them this year, a lot due to COVID, they were actually out of the country for quite a while and and they didn't have any countable income, is we're going to be able to do a healthy Roth conversion this year at a very, very low tax cost. So it's going to be extremely beneficial for them. So again, make sure that you're you're really doing the calculations and you understand that process and that you understand, you know, just going from an IRA to a Roth IRA isn't as simple as just filling out new paperwork. It is going to create a taxable event. So make sure that you are doing those calculations so you have a clear understanding on what that tax cost is going to be. Okay, the other thing I want to talk about that we've helped clients do this year is the qualified charitable distribution is still allowed even though minimum distributions are not required this year as long as you are over 70 and a half. Well, what Matt, what in the world are you talking about? Well, there's actually a strategy in the event you do not need the money and you are at 70 and a half, you can actually use up to $100,000. You can send directly to a charity, and it does not calculate in to your income tax. Now, it's very specific, and you're going to want to, if you decide you want to do this, you're going to want to talk to your, uh, your custodians and the institution that you're wanting to send it, the charitable institution, as to where you're going to send it to follow there's very specific rules. The money can't come into your possession, has to go directly to them. And then that's where, depending on uh, the custodian as to how and what information they're going to want and what that paperwork is going to look like. But we have been able to do that this year. And it is still available this year, even though minimum distributions are not required. And the beauty of doing that is if you are in the situation where many times you'll hear me talk about Medicare means testing, is if you are doing a qualified charitable distribution, that does not go into your calculation for Medicare means testing. It All it does, all it is reported on your tax return, but it doesn't go into any other calculation. All of your other income, what have you. It's going directly to a charity. It's not counted to you at all. And of course, the charity's not going to pay tax on it if they are... Um, 
a, a true registered charity. So again, if that's something you want to do, you want to be speaking with your uh, advisor and your custodian to have that done. But many people, uh, some of our clients have been doing those for quite a while and they wanted to make sure they still could. And yes, in fact, you can do that. So again, that's the update on the CARES Act. If you have specific questions that you want us to address, all you have to do is just go to speakwithmatt.com. That's www.speakwithmatt.com. Uh, you can set up a simple conference call there. We could go through and see if we can help you just by answering a couple questions, or if we need to get in more depth, we can schedule an appointment after that. So hopefully that's been helpful with regards to the CARES Act this year. Let's jump into the idea, you know, with we were talking earlier about 401ks and 403bs and what have you and qualified retirement accounts. So many times when I'm speaking with uh, clients and people that are engaging us, possibly wanting to work with us, is there's this idea that my 401k doesn't have any fees. Matt, I don't have any fees in my 401k. And what I'm going to go over with you today is most recently, two times, we have some clients that are younger that are still in the process of contributing to the 401k. Quite frankly, that's where they have to max out because um, they can't pull the money out. They don't have the investment options are what the 401k company says they are. And so the only other option they have is if they qualify, maybe we start a Roth on the outside or do a traditional brokerage to be able to take advantage of more, more investment options. And we do want to recognize that the 401k in and of itself is not a bad thing, especially if you have the option for a Roth 401k, because you can really pound money into that over and above just a traditional Roth IRA. But this idea, this fallacy that my, my 401k has no fees or very, very low fees, I think we really want to make sure as to what we're really looking at. So when I did this with these two clients... One of them is with a very large firm out of New York. The other one is here locally in Metro Philly. Very large corporations. And you would think that their 401k options would be extremely robust with regards to the options, the investments that are within there that you can choose from, and the underlying cost. But in this case, with one of the clients that we looked at, the average expense ratio. Matt, what in the world is that? That is the internal cost of the investment option that you are choosing. That is a cost that it takes to run that particular fund or ETF or whatever type of investment structure it is. What is that uh, cost in there to make that available to you? Let's get one thing straight. Nothing is for free. There is no free lunch. And when I was going through uh, the one that was in New York, I found internal fees as high as 1.26%. That's, that's over one and a quarter percent. That's an annual fee. What does that do? That reduces your underlying investment options. And so what we were able to do is most of the time your investment options, you're going to have 30 to 40 investment options within a 401k. We were able to choose lower cost than that, but we couldn't get anything down to what we can see on the outside. We couldn't get into funds that have very, very low internal expense ratios. And basically everything that she had, even the target date funds, averaged almost a point. And again, that's the internal cost. So this idea that my 401k doesn't have it is really a fallacy. We want to we look at our investment options, understand, first of all, the risk that that particular investment is, uh, potentially has. Second of all, what type of portfolio within our 401k are we wanting to construct right? I'm not a big fan of those target date funds because they don't really give you full diversification underneath. Now, could be your 401k doesn't offer great uh, diversification options. I've seen that as well. There isn't as much option 
with regards to being able to diversify based on domestic and international and large cap, small, what have you. You know, but we want to really, we want to look at, because again, in some cases with these clients, they don't qualify, in their case, they don't qualify for a Roth. Why? To do on the outside. Their income is too high. They're wanting to really shove as much money as they can into that. Your contribution limits into the Roth are going to be much higher than your traditional IRA or your traditional Roth. Now, of course, in your brokerage account, traditional after-tax brokerage, you can put in as much as you want. But one of the things you really want to look at is when you are looking at where am I going to put my money into or in my 401k, how am I going to choose it? Really look at those underlying options and be aware of the cost. In this case, I was really surprised. As I said, in one case, one of them was as high as uh, 1.26, and then the other one was as high as 1.54. On average, in the first one, like I said, it was almost a point. In the average on the second one, it was almost 85 basis points, so almost a point. You know, So really look at what you have there and what those options are. And don't be under the fallacy that there's no fees inside the 401k. There definitely are. Now, in many cases, I'll use our 401k here, is that the firm itself, our firm sponsors the 401k. The firm is paying the other investment costs related to that so the participant doesn't have to pay. So many times, the fee that people are thinking about, the company is actually picking up, right? But then there's underlying investment fees that we really want to be aware of. And it's really important to be aware of that. So again, just make sure that you're, you're looking at that and you're, you're not under this uh, thought pattern that, oh my gosh, I don't have any fees in there. I'm getting this for free. Trust me, there is nothing for free. So if you're thinking about that right now, maybe you want someone to actually analyze that, feel free to reach out to us. You can reach out and schedule a call at www.speakwithmatt.com. That's speakwithmatt.com. My online calendar is there. We can schedule a, a quick 15 or 30 minute call to go over that. But you know, the 401k outside of the home is usually one of the biggest assets that people have. And, and you just want to be aware of how can I maximize that? You know, how can I maximize it? First of all, based on the contributions I can put in. Second of all, where am I putting my contributions? You know, if you have the option of a Roth 401k, I am telling you, to really look at taking advantage of it. You know, I've spoke about it here. We max out on the Roth 401k here, Maggie and I do. So really look at what, why? Because we're anticipating taxes going up in the future and Roths aren't going to be subject to that. So really look at that. And then now, okay, we've decided uh, how much money we're going to put in. We've decided what side we're going to put it on. Traditional 401k, Roth 401k. The second or the last thing is going to end up being now where are my investments going to go? And that's where we want to really do an analysis on all of the investment options. You know, one of the things I've noticed with these two clients that we work with, it was really hard for them to figure out where in the world to even go to figure out what the underlying investments are. So again, recognize what it is and then your investment philosophy. How are you wanting to diversify? How much risk are you wanting to take? How often are you going to be looking at it? You know, many times you only need to look at this a couple times a year to do some rebalancing, maybe change some contributions up. And then the other thing to be aware, I just thought about this. I had this happen with another client uh, just last week, called me up and said, hey, Matt, my 401k company is in the process of changing. And I've got this paper now that's telling me my one accounts that are over here are going to move over here. And when they do that, what they're trying to do, they're trying to be similar in the investments that were at the old custodian. Now they're changing companies to the new. But that is especially important to them. You, you want to just not take their word for it. 
you want to go through again that additional process of analyzing what those investment options are and making sure that it's going to stick to your investment philosophy and your risk level. Um, so again, hopefully that's been helpful. If you want us to review your 401k, please reach out to us. Um, just write at info at smartmoneyquestions.com or schedule a call with me www.speakwithmatt.com. So listen, everyone, I hope that's been helpful today. If anyone has questions on the CARES Act, please reach out to us. Let us help you with that. We want to make sure, especially if you're under 59 and a half and you're considering or you did take money out, let's make sure that we are going through the process to make sure you're not going to be stuck with that 10% tax bill and possibly look at what the, those options are over that three-year period of time. So listen, everyone, take care. We'll talk the next time. Everyone, have a good one.